The Everything Sequel Podcast is brought to you by Tuity Fitness and the Vegas Beer Guys. The Everything Sequel Podcast contains explicit language, and I will not go to my room. Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the 1997 Singles Edition. Mortal Kombat Annihilation today. Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, the man with the flying kicks, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Kick him, Tom. You keep talking about mergers and realms and all that, but it don't mean squat to me, all right? <laughs> Now, now I'm not saying that that's that's not a completely accurate statement right. for this film to make, and I'm not saying that we don't need an audience surrogate. I just wish it wasn't the only African American character in the film who didn't get it. Right. The, the the character in this movie called Jax, who speaks only in racist placeholder dialogue. <laughs> At one point, he it's, says... It's, it's it's something to behold, I gotta tell you. At one point, he says, and I quote, Ain't going on no suicide mission. God damn it. And I just like the idea that they will... <laughs> like, as soon as he said that, they give him a glass of poisoned milk. He dies and wakes up in the afterlife. How'd I get here? Yeah. B.A. Baracus style. B, I was just gonna say, B.A. Baracus style. Uh, he, like, you know, it's like when B.A. wakes up... On the plane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he never he never figured that out. No. It, it happened to him once a week for about eight years, and he right. never figured out what the, that they were drugging him. Every as time. far as he was concerned, he just was susceptible to a lot of mosquito bites. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here we are. Somehow we find ourselves talking about Mortal Kombat Annihilation. We knew this day would come. Yeah, one of the... It was prophesied. <laughs> one of the three 1997 single sequels. This one is directed by John R. Leonetti, director of Annabelle, which actually kind of surprised me. Whoa. And the Butter... I mean, I haven't seen that movie, but I understand it's a competently made movie. Exactly. <laughs> and the Butterfly Effect 2, which made more sense. Okay. <laughs> right. And right. obviously we will visit at some point. Is that, but that is that a studio? Is that a studio? I think that was a direct to though? video. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Huh. So it was um, Blue. Is Annabelle Bloomhouse? I'm not sure. Bloomhouse was together yet. Okay. I think it's pre Bloomhouse. I'm just wondering who gave him his his break on Annabelle because that was a big movie, yeah. bigish movie. So certainly not someone who'd seen this. I'm telling you. You, you... Because this this looks like a pirated copy of a movie. <laughs> I have notes that says, like, this looks like the most ambitious high school project ever. It really does. I mean, <laughs> some of the, like, bleached cartoon CGI skies oh, look, look, look just like the kind of mid-90s um, camcorder student video projects that I saw all throughout my... Right. Um, my schooling. Well, and you, of course, listed Speed 2 Cruise Control as your favorite of these three single sequels. Correct. And 
for the sake of <laughs> humor, I guess, because this is this is your favorite. This is my favorite. I I realize that if you were to say to someone, "Mortal Kombat Annihilation was your favorite of the single sequels from 1997." It deserves outright laughter, even when yeah. you know that the other two are Speed 2 Cruise Control and American Werewolf in Paris. Well, that's the trivia question right there. Right. Isn't it? <laughs> Mortal Kombat Annihilation is my favorite of three films. What are the other two films? <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, just because... I mean, we're already alluding to it. Like, this looks like a high school project. This, You know, this movie... Uh, does not look competently made when you look at the director also directing Annabelle. Or anything. Or anything else. <laughs> and yet... I'm just surprised he returned to direct. To direct ever, think. exactly. Yes. But I had so much fun when I watched yeah. this movie. Fair enough. I felt the same way about Speed 2. And I, I'm so I'm not going to give you shit about... You, you running with the, the good feeling you got from the film because that's how I feel about Speed 2 and they're both terrible. Right. They're both terrible but I also had the same feeling. I remember hating Speed 2 when I saw it in the theater and that yeah. probably has to do with when you're wrapped up with expectations and you want a good movie and it's so have not you seen that. Mortal, Mortal Kombat? No. No, neither have I. I was oh really wait, do you mean you the had... original? Yes. I'd seen the original. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. I, have a, I have a lot of questions. I don't suspect you can answer any of them. I can't say but, I remember a lot. What I remember mostly... But I will keep asking Yeah, them. what I remember... Because most of my notes begin with... <laughs> now, I'm not sure because I haven't seen Mortal Kombat. But... but. <laughs> most, most of my time watching the Mortal Kombat... Being, where does that movie end and where does this film begin? Exactly, right. Because... <laughs> You know, most most of my time spent watching Mortal Kombat Annihilation was me looking at 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 the cast list for Mortal yeah. Kombat because I was sure I was seeing the same characters played by different actors, and of course I was right. Wow. Um. But there's, I, you know, this movie's insane. First of all, this movie and Speed too. I think I have this right. They are both. Four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Now, in some ways, that of course makes sense. No, but uh, they're not. They're not four percent. They're not. 4%. But at the same time, well, I you can't tell me that this is a competently made movie. No, but I no, but. But I have to imagine more than four percent enjoying the absurd ride that these two movies, yeah. you know, put That's you on. It. It's ten, 10 or 15, I will allow. Yeah. Four is, you know, when it, when that's like a, that's the percentage of, you know, milk fat you get in things. That's not, <laughs> <laughs> if you're a movie with that kind of percentage, it really is unwatchable at that point. Yeah, right. Um, And these aren't unwatchable movies. They're very, they're very watchable movies, I think. I think so too. And you know what's that funny? Counts for, I, that counts for a lot when you have no choice but to watch them. Well, I'll tell you what surprised the hell out of me for this movie. One, a budget of $30 million. Okay. That's okay. a lot of 1997 money. Two. It is. And I think I know where that went. Bad CGI. I think that went on. 
locations. Oh yeah, and locations. Yeah, you look, well, no, I don't think it went on the CGI. I think it went on securing locations, but you know, typical of this movie, you you can really do one or the other. Yeah, right. right. You could have a completely <laughs> computer generated landscape, which they do at times. Or you can make it location based. There's no sense in mixing the two, mm-hmm. and that's what. But that's what this movie does. But it doesn't even mix them. It's just the first half of the movie is <laughs> computer entirely computer generated. Right, right. The second half is practical. It's practical, right? So it can't even get that balance right. Well, until um, you get to like the last fight, because then we go right. heavy on CGI villains. That's but... true. That's true. But uh, so a budget of thirty billion dollars, and here's the real surprise: opening weekend, sixteen point seven million in the USA made thirty five point nine million, and in the world, fifty one point three. I got to tell you, more than any other bad movie I've watched for this podcast or the How Dare You podcast, that's an impressive total for a movie that is on this level: fifty one point three million. Wow. So people, I don't know, must like the game an awful lot. <laughs> Maybe it makes sense in other cultures. I'm the, perfectly willing yeah. to believe that. Right. Maybe you know, you you watch uh you you know, you watch mo- movies from different cultures and you and sometimes you can't crack the the cultural code. True. So maybe Maybe accidentally this movie made a made a film that is that is perfect <laughs> in some parts of the world. It, somewhere. Not in the English-speaking world, no. but, you know, somewhere. S- somewhere, somehow. Yeah, I... So, well, let's... That said, if you'd have told me this was a dubbed foreign movie, I would I would go, yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> you would not... You would not not believe that for a second. No. No. <laughs> that, in fact, that would, again, I think... It like, would like make a lot, of, yeah. Like the dream, the dream theory, the operational dream theory of, of Speed Two, that would that would help me understand absolutely why this movie exists. Well, let's start, if nowhere else, from right from the top. Yeah, we. I mean, because we have t- we have titles in this movie. Oh man, do we? Both literally and metaphorically come in hot. <laughs> That's my note. That's my exact no! note. No. Yes. My first note is Mortal Kombat yell and cool world music coming in hot. Right, so because we've got the we've we've got a very aggressive mid nineties techno beat. Yeah. Yes. And then not only do we see the title, it's also shouted at us. Not once, but twice. But twice. And you know the the literal. There's also literal heat here because flames are flying at the camera lens. <laughs> right. Um. So I got to ask. I I got to ask if you know anything about this music because I I is is this is this the the music that you would get in the video game? Oh, I have no idea. I never really played the game. Neither did or I. Or very rarely. Neither did I. I have heard this music elsewhere. I'm pretty sure it's the music that's playing in the lesbian bar in The Simpsons when Homer... <laughs> when <laughs> You remember that scene where Homer's in yes. a, a lesbian bar. What's her problem? What's, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's playing there. Well, I'm so sure I, 
I was pretty it, sure, and this is why it was my first note, I was pretty sure that it was from the movie Cool World. Oh, God. I have I have another movie reference. Really? I think this is like a stock library track. It must be. Because I'm pretty sure it's in the it's in Gary Oldman's Cultural Appropriation Club in True Romance. Oh wow! I'm pretty sure this is the this is the music that's playing when Christian Slater's oh, getting the shit. Oh yeah, that does Red sound Soul. familiar. It also sounds vaguely like the music they're dancing to in Basic Instinct. Oh my god! <laughs> well, all of these not only these are not only plausible, they're likely. Yeah. So maybe it is just like an uncopyrighted beat. <laughs> it's like that sample that uh, Vanilla Ice took for Ice Ice Baby. That's not a sample that he took. It's like that. It just yeah. exists for everyone. Yeah. Exactly. Well, all of this, by the way, is followed by what I'm calling a Superman 2 style recap. Yeah, straight into a recap montage uh with oh well, I guess I guess it also has a a catch-up voiceover. Yeah. Which super, I mean it's as lengthy as Superman 2. Mhm. Um and yeah, this is this is this is the point where I didn't really know <laughs> is this the end of the last movie? Yeah, I can Has can't... this movie started? Because they, they say, you, they, they use the phrase, return to Earth. And for someone who hasn't seen the original and only seen this recap, <laughs> I didn't know we were on Earth. <laughs> right. Why would you when the sky looks red and... <laughs> right. You know. And then, then it's, just, it's just a few minutes of cinematic techniques coming thick and fast. Mm-hmm. Fire. Right. Things and people flying at the camera. A Dutch tilt. Bleached images, CGI skies. <laughs> right. <laughs> no sense of how all of these techniques relate to each other. No, not at all. They're just, be- they're just being deployed, like, like you know, like someone just opened the floodgates. Well, and, and it's funny because a lot of a lot of cinematic techniques just poured out. Just, yeah, right. Just like a turned-on faucet. Yes. I know how to do this, so this is what I'll do. I've heard right. about this. Which is why it looks like a high school project. Yeah, exactly. It's, exactly. it's like, I have found this setting on my camcorder. I'm right. going to use it. Yes, exactly. Whether it need to use it or not. <laughs> Just, whether I need to use it or not, this is what I'm going to do. I, I This is also where I have the note. I'm not sure what's happening either visually or in terms of a story. Well, that's because this whole... You have an answer? Wow. I, I do. I mean, like, oh, wow. so what What I imagined as I'm watching the first five to seven minutes of this movie yeah. is the director and the editor sitting in a room together and they keep asking each other questions and the answer is always, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because there are... You know, my notes are like there are people flying in a frame. There's people flying yeah. all over. I'm hearing words like you have six days, but I don't know why it's six days. <laughs> you know? well, I have to, I I have that note later. Um, 
I think, you know, when, when it's very clear from the outset that when ninjas flip into the camera, it's there to distract us. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's there. <laughs> it's there to sort of, it's there. That's so we don't, it's so we're just distracted for a minute and stop asking questions. Right. So I think, I think you're absolutely right. Maybe there is, there was just like a ninja flip editing like a they were you they're basically using like an editing one because that goes yeah like, it's like star wipe for this movie because it, it's throughout the whole movie it really is it's not just this first scene yeah and then basically so what i like the most though <laughs> in terms of in terms of how the last movie wound up and where we are now right because the team that you're seeing that is composed yeah. at least of two people that were actually in the last movie. Talisa Soto and... Talisa Soto and Robin Shaw. Okay. So we got Liu Kang and we got Katana. Mm-hmm. And they won Mortal Kombat. So that was supposed to close whatever it is, the interdimensional uh-huh. d- doors... But... But. That Shao Kahn could not get through. And the answer that this movie gives... given by Raiden himself Mm -hmm. who was once Christopher Lambert and is now (laughs) now is James Remar is Mm -hmm. this line which (laughs) is so good I have have the same line what closes can open again always open again it's amazing and that's all the information this movie is going to give you (laughs) yeah I mean it was obvious that that line was there to retcon the end of the last film yeah uh, I also like that they're using an anus allergy to explain retconning. <laughs> I think that's the best explanation of retconning we've ever had on this show. That's amazing. Um, yeah, and then, <laughs> and it's really interesting. Like both this this movie both has a severe reliance on knowing and remembering what happened in the original films, but then will immediately throw in a surprising twist. Mm-hmm to the information that you need to know in order to understand what's going on. So lines like, Mother, you're alive! Yes, right. It's like, first of all, <laughs> her mother's involved in this somehow. Something went somehow, on Somehow, some way. Which I don't know. Right. I don't know about. And I guess at some point, she, they thought she was dead, and now they know she's alive. Except now she's evil. Except now she's evil. Um, uh, when we get into the first fight, uh, <laughs> My no- again, Flips and spins and flying, but none of it makes cinematic sense. No, like, not at all. Is not used to connect any of the shots. No. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the basic. Is I mean, as I understand it, I'm I'm no film editor, but that is the basic point of editing is to connect shots together, and this never happens in this movie. Right. So so that it makes sense. Right. And that is not on this movie's agenda list. No. No. <laughs> And we don't know where anyone is in relation to each other no. within the space. With, yeah, I was going to say, even where spatial awareness is, is not a thing in this movie. And again, I think we're using zooms, pans, and point of views uh, as a way of and distracting people. And Dutch tilts, people. like you said. Yeah. But also, none of these camera movements have anything to do with each other. Nope. They're usually, in most films, they're either or, right? You either have a pan or a zoom or a POV. You don't have them all in succession. Right. With no relation to each well, other. Well, my my overall note was at some... Because, you know, none of the fights make sense. No. And when your movie's based on a video game that's 
based primarily on fighting. Yeah. You'd think that's the one thing you'd be getting right. Well, incidentally, you know, if you were trying to be true to the aesthetic, <laughs> you never cut away from a fight scene in, in Mortal Kombat, the video game. Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> you only ever cut when the fight is over. When it's done. So there's got to be some, there's got to be, you know, I'm not saying that, that video game adaptations shouldn't, should follow video game aesthetics but there's got to be some allusion to that mm -hmm. is that the pleasure of the video game was watching like continuous fighting <laughs> because this movie gives us none of that my overall note for the fighting was clearly all you need to win a fight is are some flips and a song in your heart because <laughs> that's really all they're going to show us I got a sense of of um the naivete of 1997 in the line, Earth does not bend to the will of tyrants. Yeah. I thought, oh, how innocent we were. How cute. <laughs> this really was the before times. We're going to fall in love with tyrants soon. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I'm jealous of their dystopia. Yeah. Um. And then I think they kill a legacy character, if not actor, in the first few minutes of the movie. Is that is that right? I mean, he's one of the few people who had a line, so I assume. So I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I could have sworn this guy was going to come back to life at some point, and he never did. Everyone else in this movie dies and comes back to life. He's the only one who And all I, all I wrote down was all I wrote down was about the death. I didn't write, write down who. I can I can I can um I can backpedal that. Uh... Cuz there's a lot of strange shit going on. Like we, you know, Johnny Johnny Cage? Yeah, right. Chris so, Conrad is Johnny Cuz Johnny Cage is in the first movie. Is he played by Chris Conrad? No. Different actor. So wait a minute. Now, I'm Maybe pretty sure I have that right. Only to have him die. Yeah. So, and you're you're exactly right because I also, you know, everything goes back to normal at the end. We're like, mom's not a bad person anymore. Like, right. it seems to retcon everything for the characters. Raiden dies about five or six times. Yeah. And so I thought for sure we, we were going to see Johnny Cage again. And they just left him dead. Which I you thought you, was astounding. You think you'd they'd be able to throw you like a a post credits sting of his of his arm coming out of the ground, given Something. that they have ele eleven minutes and eleven seconds worth of credits. More on that later. From under, yeah, <laughs> from underneath the uh, what was it like? Sort of dragons rock statue that yeah they i mean they they full-on buried him which yeah. i guess is this movie's way of saying you're done uh, he's not coming back but <laughs> doesn't seem to stop anyone else at any point um after after this happens i have a note that says that i don't know what this is in reference to i guess once they get out of wherever we are yeah the, the first place the cliffs the cliffs okay when they get away from that and then they go into the caves yes we go from cliffs to caves. Cliffs to caves. They start saying, this is where you get your six days, and I'm asking, yeah. did I miss something already? Or is this just... Well, I... Because I have notes that... give the film some, I have, film some urgency. I have notes that the characters are saying things that the audience should be saying, like, this, what's going that's on? Point. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, the characters are just standing around reiterating different ways in which the plot has been retconned and makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> 
all, the only thing I'm certain about is that we have a case that is that with the villains, at least in principle, we're up in the ante. So they let us know that Khan is a harder villain to beat than the sorcerer from the last film. Yeah, and but like, because it's he also seem to be, but it's also right around here that we see Sub Zero again, and Sub Zero's supposed to be a major villain, and I can't remember how. I mean, I I think he had you know a big part in the first movie. But he seems to just like throw his ice around and then he leaves. <laughs> a lot of characters throw their ice around and leave yeah. in this film. Um, I was really interested in um, the the what they call the biosphere, this giant hamster wheel that takes you anywhere. On, yeah, um, I was too. Because um, they they spent a lot of time explaining the science of of how it works, which I didn't feel was necessary given that there's a lot going on that is unexplainable. Right. Uh, why are we stopping to explain this? And they they stand around and go, "This is amazing." And I just thought, "You've just seen gods and demons come from another and realm." And this is what and surprises you. Yeah, exactly. Is your is the most amazing part of that? Well, what I also liked was, you know, they're moving around in the hamster cages, and Katana is saying things like, "Hold on to me," like we have mm. to be close. It's like they take a moment for these two shy warriors. Yes. To try and have a a boyfriend girlfriend moment. Right. Uh this is I mean we start um this is where the 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 uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation's Lucasfilm fetish starts for mm-hmm. me as well because they talk about seeking out the counsel of one called Nightwolf. Yeah. And then it, you immediately go to Empire Strikes Back. You you've just like okay so we're breaking up the ensemble and one of one of the ensemble is going to some kind of wise trainer, yeah, but, a la Yoda. But what I like about this movie is that they break up because one is kidnapped, which seems to be the emotional crux for a main yeah. character. But they talk about it as though it was something that happened in the last movie, yet we watched it in this movie. It happened well, five they, minutes maybe, ago. Maybe they don't even know. When this film, when the last film ends and this film starts. There are lines in this movie, and I, I, it skips ahead a little bit narratively, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be fine. <laughs> My instinct is it's fine. There are, there are lines in which people are talking to Liu Kang, and one person says, uh, you have to fight on the inside. The fire inside you is, is the faith in yourself. And not mm. like more than 30 seconds later... I'm pretty sure it's Brian Thompson as Shao Kahn. By the Brian Thompson, by the way, a white man as Shao Kahn, who says, who says, uh, the fire that burns inside you is your guilt because you lost Quintana. And then, of course, I wrote, yeah, five minutes ago. <laughs> like, how deep down is the guilt of fire exactly? Right. Well. We don't know how fast that hamster wheel goes. Yeah, they could have been they could have been Fred Flintstone, Fred Flintstoning it for like ten years. Or something. All right. Well, we're off to a good start. Why don't we take we should, a... we should take a break because yeah. you you brought up Brian Thompson's con and that's where I wanted to. You want to? That's so where you want to go next. I have a feeling it'll be a rather long conversation. So let's break. All right. <laughs> a break we shall take, and we'll be right back right after this.
Does the coronavirus have you feeling oogie? Have you been sitting on your couch for weeks? Nay, have you been sitting on there for months? Well, it's time for you to get back in shape. Check out To A T Fitness. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on Facebook. To A T Fitness was started by Tina Bernard. She is ready and raring to go to help you get back into the shape you want to get into. They've got all kinds of classes. They've got outdoor in-person classes. They've got online classes if that's what you prefer. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get back in shape. You're going to find a variety of exercises. You're going to have strength training, cardio, weightlifting, even fun five-minute burnouts that will push you to your limits. So get off the couch, get into shape. Go ahead and check out Tua T Fitness. Tina Bernard has got you for all your needs. I know her personally. She's fantastic. You're not going to meet a better person to help you become the new you. Check it out. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Tom and I are here, of course, talking Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the 1997, you know, little train that could. (laughs) Breakout movie. Yes. (laughs) Sleeper hit. Well, again, something's up. Something, something is going wrong in 1997. Something's crazy. Um, so you had a bee in your bonnet. You want to talk Brian Thompson? No, I mean, it looks like Brian Thompson has a, has a bee in his face, but, um, but he's always looked like that. So, I mean, the, his, from his first appearance, I've got that he, there's this, suddenly this guy in a cheap Skeletor mask appears and uh, it it, it sounds like the dubbing sounds like an episode of Power Rangers. (laughs) Right. When they dub all those like original Asian actors mm-hmm. from whenever the fuck it was, but not not when we're getting it in America. But then the cheap mask comes off and you're surprised to see an actual white man. You're supposed to see a white man. Uh, and once you get into his, once he's on the throne in his, let's say, kingdom, um, <laughs> he's just in, it's just him in a t-shirt. It's just an average looking guy in a t-shirt yeah. for a little while. And then later on in the movie, he changes looks again, and he goes very leather club. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> I mean, also, you know, just I have notes in here. You know, like I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out what this guy's deal is, basically, as an actor, not just as a as a character. Well, both, because frankly. I, I... Sorry. Both. Both. Frankly. Yes. Yeah. But I, I know, you know... Having but the it, character stuff is a little more delineated. Like, you understand that he's in charge of yeah, of it's, eight arms it's, and... It's Thor, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, right. Um, but that he's <laughs> got daddy issues. Yeah. So there's that. With an, an evil brother. Right. But um, but on some level, it has to do with, can I ever be evil enough for dad? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh but he, you know, like sometimes I'm, th- sometimes I think the actor is struggling with the lines, mm-hmm. and sometimes I think he did all his dialogue ADR, and then I thought, well, those both those things can't be possible. You can't oh, ADR no, uh, someone when then when they're not saying the lines. <laughs> <laughs> so is that is that the conundrum that the that the editor of this movie was faced with? I have to both 
make it look like this guy is saying these lines and he has to do all his lines again. Yeah, it might be. Um, so, and you know, you, I, I, I don't. And I it's don't not really... like, you know, for, for those listening at home, you might not know the name Brian Thompson, but he's not a no name actor. Yeah. You know, he's the villain in Cobra. Like the guy's mm-hmm. been around. Clearly. And he's frightening in like Cobra, by the way. Like I really like that's a good performance, yeah. I think. <laughs> well it's it's it it yeah, it raised a lot of questions. I wouldn't call it necessarily call it a good a good performance. I don't know how much he's a victim of this inconsistency of design in the movie. Right. And that, so that was my biggest question because, okay. You know, when you have like a James Remar who normally I would trust implicitly, like I, you know, and even, well, he can, he can speak English. unlike Christopher Lambert. That's that's true. That's true. That's a plus. (laughs) That's a plus in the, in the good column. But, and like I said, you know, Brian Thompson, you know, I don't think he's a household name. I don't think a lot of people know him, but. He's not right for this role. He's, he's not at all right for this role. But so for me, as I'm watching it, I'm wondering, like, what is the balance? Like, what what's the balance of blame? You know, mm. how much is script? Yeah. How much is the actor? How much is the director? What is happening in this movie to make everything so disjointed and strange and weird, yet strangely compelling? Yeah, no one's... I don't think anyone is going to transcend the material here. Yeah. I I really do. I don't think there's And no one does. No. No. Uh, And people, you know, like people you've seen in better films doing good stuff. I mean, we were talking about Ray Park maybe off air. He's in here somewhere. Uh-huh. I couldn't find him. He's he's doubling. Oh, I found him. He's doubling for Raiden. Okay. So anytime Raiden's doing martial arts, it's Ray Park. All right. Um, but <laughs> Anytime he's doing martial arts, he's just getting kicked through a wall. Right. Um, so, but, but I think, I think part of it is that there is no consistency in terms of what these people look like. And then, mm-hmm. like, when you get to the henchmen, they're different every time. Yeah. Like, in one scene, they look like predator robots. Then uh, then suddenly they're like pig bane men for a mm-hmm. while. Uh, I don't know if this is a hangover from Mortal Kombat, where, you know, you sort of change the... The characters of your... The characters. Yeah. Or it is just, we couldn't make up our minds what we wanted this film to look like, but... Um, well, because we've got, and we also have main henchmen that we never really get to see do much or do anything. Mm. Who would you count as the main henchman? Like the woman with the eight arms and... Okay. Yes, true. Well, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, when we get to the rogues gallery. There's of... a Minotaur kind of a guy, right? You know who that guy is? No. Well, well, first of all, he's a pro wrestler. I'm sure that didn't come as any surprise. All right, to you. that makes sense. Um, but he's he 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 play he also plays a pro wrestler in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, he is in fact the titular character of that episode called Thor. That's amazing. And he gets into a road road rage uh, incident with Larry. Larry. Yeah, right. And he comes and threatens him and says, "I will make you poop your bald pants." <laughs> and I couldn't unsee that. <laughs> 
But also, when I'm watching the scene and he, he appears as like a, a de, you know, like a demonic centaur, I was like, I don't think this is meant to be serious. I, this has got to be self-parody, right? I can't imagine. Well, that's the thing, because it presents itself <laughs> as serious. But ridiculous. Yeah. That's definitely on the more ridiculous side. I mean, I, that's a difficult call to make because everyone in that, you know, in that rogues gallery looks like it looks like an open audition for Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. Right. No one. Right. No one looks menacing or monstrous. They just look like circus performers yeah. um, of different of different shapes and sizes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you're right. It is. It's a slippery slope. But I, I, if I was if I was betting money, I'd say that. That uh, he was meant to be the, the the comic relief of the dark side in the way that Jax is supposed to be the comic relief of the of the light side of the movie, mm -hmm. of the heroes. Well, and I mean, it's very hard to follow the narrative, but we talked about the team kind of splitting up and going into the yeah. tunnels, mm -hmm. and so we have, you know, Liu Kang and loses Katana. Yeah, we have Sonya Blade who meets up with Jax. Mm -hmm. And then they take on they. There's another flip fight, but it's like in a computer room. Is Jackson legacy? Is Jackson Mortal Kombat? He is different okay. actor. Is the actor different actor? No. Of, course. of course. So, I think Sandra Hayes. I th or rather, that's the actor. I think Sonya Blade is a different actor. Raiden's different. Jax is different. Shao Kahn is different. You know. Whoever oh, wow. was, not that he's in this movie a lot. And this film has the but, audacity to do a like a someone switching loyalty storylines. Like, how would you know? You, I don't even know. How could who you they possibly are, keep that straight, please? <laughs> how dare you? Um, this is where I have that we have the the only fight in this movie worth its salt where two henchmen are going at it and they more or less film the combat that they're doing mm -hmm. like without cutting away and it looks really good and the main cast just stand there and watch them which right. makes me think the the, the the like the 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 ensemble of this movie have no martial arts skills or themselves abilities. because we never because why wouldn't you if they did why wouldn't you show Robin it? Shao should though right because he, I don't know that he has a lot of experience with other other stuff. Like, it, it seemed to me like that's why they. Why, then why is this movie holding out on showing? Higher, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's the only decent fight in the film, and it, it's only because it's two like two minor characters fighting, and who clearly that's what they do. That's clearly right. what what like that is their specialist skill. This is the one in the cave. Yeah. yeah. On the ice bridge? Uh, on the ice bridge, right. Uh, another kind of Star Wars, Indiana Jones mm -hmm. uh, pull. And this happened... Well, that's because... So, and did you notice, because there was, like, some back and forth with Sub-Zero with the CGI animation, because there were sometimes, you know, when he's shooting out ice shit, there are times where I'm like, mm -hmm. man, that really looks bad. And then there were a couple times where I'm like, oh, that kind of looks good. I like that. I have I have notes like that, too. Um, <laughs> look, I have a note later on that said, does the destruction of Petra kind of look good? <laughs> right. 
at some some points in this movie they decide to go full practical and it looks fine mm-hmm. and they even managed to mesh video and practical like reasonably well for 1997 right um, and then other times it's just it's just horrific. It's just so you, bad you, that you have no you, you, choice you, you but you can't to... even look. You can't look at it without getting epilepsy. Yeah. it's just it's disgusting. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a mixed bag effects wise. And then so uh, um, it's but there's a there's a there's a solid layer of shit in that yeah, bag. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it really doesn't matter what else you put in there <laughs> because there's a solid layer of shit. Did you did you also get the get the feeling that this movie was like had a Lucasfilm fetish that like every other a little scene had a reference to Indiana Jones and or Star yeah, Wars yeah absolutely sometimes both yeah is that just that just like they they doing a fantasy film and I don't know you need know, some, let me ask need something to anchor it other than the video game that it's yeah based on, which like this movie feels like it's just well to. To put it in the speed two parlance, it feels like it's a ship out of control and they're just dropping anchors trying to hook onto something, yeah. you know? Very specific anchors, yeah. though. You know, they've got anything goes. Later on, someone says, Lou, it's a trap. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are, you know, at one point we're drinking the Carl, we're pretty much drinking the Carl E blood in the hanging cage mm-hmm. from Temple of Doom. Yeah. So I also. I, I, I guess that, I guess it is just out of desperation. It's well, like. People like these films. You know what really freaked me out was that at one point, at one point I started to hear Matrix-type music, and I thought, Mm. did the Wachowskis use this movie as, like, a waypoint? Yeah. Well, we're we're getting pretty close, right? We're two years away. Yeah. And... But it's at this point that like it's it's, it's computer it's computer adjacent. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so we get Katana is kidnapped mm. and everybody's separated, and what has Raiden yeah. said? It's like you have to go off on your journeys to come together or something like that, but right. most <laughs> typical martial arts yeah. spin doctor bullshit. Most specifically Liu <laughs> Kang has to go through his trials. Uh-huh. Which is with Nightwolf to find Nightwolf and do whatever Nightwolf says, which I guess is to fight Nightwolf, which is to find out that Nightwolf is working against you, but working against you to work with you. But in the end, Nightwolf is actually working against you. I've never. I think I have way, that never, right. <laughs> I think you do, even though it makes no sense. Um I kind of like, uh, I was surprised that, that I, I don't think I've ever seen a werewolf detransforming as it sounds. Yeah, right. He starts as a werewolf and then, and then turns into a, turns into a martial that's arts. A, that's a, that's a yeah. neat switcheroo on the old werewolf <laughs> formula. <laughs> there's little, there's, you know, there's moments in this film that, that uh, are quite interesting, <laughs> but they don't last more than 10 seconds normally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a ninja flips in your face, and you forgot what what happened or, yes, or what's going you, on. You, this movie, which is what the movie this wants movie too. forces you at like at any pick any moment in this movie to try and figure out what's going on, and this movie will force you to move on. Right. <laughs> you right. you cannot dwell. If something, if you have a question, and I have a note here that says this movie makes you do nothing but ask. 
way too many questions, but you cannot sit and ponder them at all. You have to move on. But you're also right that um, this is another one of those films, and we're starting to see this a lot um, in bad sequel filmmaking, mm-hmm. where the, the, uh, the characters are also asking these questions on screen. On screen. Um, Jacks especially. <laughs> But, I mean, that's Jax's function, isn't yeah. it? To ask questions, because he doesn't know what's going on uh, for obvious reasons. I also have a note that says, does Jax always yell his dialogue? Right. Um, I think one of the characters at some point says, does this mean what I think it does? And I was like, I don't know. What does a dragon butterfly coming out of a robot mean? You tell me. These <laughs> yes. the questions I have for you. <laughs> um does i mean dialogue wise there's some absolute crackers here yeah i think at one point lou says we don't have time for the slow way right you know again sounds like it sounds like a translated phrase from another language (laughs) because if you know if you were going to break that down you'd be like just say we don't have time or just say this is going too slow. Like, you don't need both. I can't even remember what this just, is. Just in... a palindromic sentence. <laughs> it starts with the same thing that it ends with. I, I wrote down that somebody at some point says, this is almost too good to be true. <laughs> uh, this is where I started to get concerned about how women were treat, being treated in the film. Mm-hmm. Around about the mud wrestling the, So, that's one of my big notes was... <laughs> The, you know, this movie, uh, I wrote down, this movie has female mud wrestling equivalency. Yeah. And Jax even says you do look good in mud. Yes. Which means that, like, exploitation and objectification of women's bodies is not only on the movie's mind, it's on its lips, too. Yeah. Um, but if you think about it overall, like, the women in this movie, are, they're, they're so exposed physically. Mm-hmm. Like they, it's not just that they, they, they have to be wearing booty shorts or bondage right. gear or bikinis to fight in the first place. But what you realize is that or just, it's just all pose, not even fight. They're not, actually, nobody's nobody's fighting, fighting so... so it doesn't matter. But you you what you realize is that this movie dresses it up as though the female characters are very capable. Yeah. But no matter how capable they are, the movie doesn't treat them as capable or equal no. because they're all parading around in skimpy outfits and mud wrestling and shit like that, yeah. you know. Okay. And yeah. that's a count against the movie for sure. It's a it's a very it's a very big uh, count again against the movie. Um, I don't know. Is this the, around the time of Lara Croft and Tomb Raider? Seems like. Yeah, it. that sounds about right. It seems to be drawing on. Yeah, that. it does. Um. And even if the movies haven't it's, come it's out more yet, more in common with other video games. <clears throat> right, Marvel I was just combat. gonna say, even if the movies aren't out yet, it's drawing from the video game, which is not what it—it's not what it's an adaptation of. Yeah, which is which is so it's another mark against the movie. I also um, wrote down that Surfer Raiden shows up. Right, and this is like the. This is sort of a pretty savage indictment of what Earthman is like, right? As soon as this god becomes human, <laughs> right. he becomes like a... He's a bro. He's like, insult hey, comic. man. <laughs> but the f- it's, it's, this is a cl- also a classic example when, when Raiden becomes human, temporarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
we're kind of told that means he doesn't have any powers anymore. And then he immediately says, I'll try to open a portal while I still can. Yes, exactly. And like, it's like, well, well, don't say, don't say that he doesn't have any powers. Then When he has powers. Back. Yeah. I, I swear, every time Raiden says but everything then... about portal, portals in this movie. Yeah, right. It's different every time and each one contradicts itself. <laughs> I guarantee it. <laughs> That's amazing. I also so and it, so, despite the fact that he's trying to open the portal, it doesn't matter because we have, is it the mother, who has the scream power? I, you, I hate to say it, you're asking the wrong person. I don't know who you would ask, but it ain't me. So, because I wasn't following. So, whichever character, I'm pretty sure it is. Mm. This, uh, you know, the mom, the mom that's. Good and bad. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm with you. Shinnok, the one of the sirens from. Yeah. Uh, so oh she brother, has We're the scream power. To not... Did you know that? What's that? She's a siren from Oh Brother Where Art Thou. I did notice that actually. I know. Yeah. Immediately recognized yeah. that. And she knocks down his portal anyway. <laughs> oh wow. Which is right when I wrote down. This is the sloppiest narrative ever. Yeah, it really is. And at this point, we... we, we oh, I also to... wrote down, because we're going back and forth, and Liu Kang is battling Nightwolf, and he, mm. like, you know, Nightwolf says, you have to pass tests, and then he passes yeah. one test. They're like, all right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Nightwolf goes, actually, we only have time for one, so... I don't know, though. It's kind of the same in The Empire Strikes Back. We need to train you as a Jedi. That's true. Uh, you, st- you stood on your head. That'll do you moved some rocks. Yeah. Let's go. You went in the cave and had a bad dream. That'll do it. <laughs> That's fine. Um, Petra. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, go on. From the last, from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the city of Petra <laughs> appears. Uh, and this is the this is what I mean about this is the part of the movie where we transition into something of a practical movie with like actual physical locations. Yes. And then and then suddenly you know there suddenly seems to be a huge number of extras. Yeah. The, like the Annihilation Squad. I'm like fuck. That's a lot of people. Right. Like every time we've had a scene before. Well, it's been not like just two that, but people. we're we're also we're on location. We're on location. So we're seeing Petra, we're seeing a which is not, we're seeing not a huge like number a, of people there. It's not like they're in, you know, a quarry or a parking lot. This is Petra. Right. Like associated with big budget franchise cinema. Right. Uh, itself one of the wonders of the world. <laughs> like you I think that's what they spent their money like on. Like you said, you're like, "Oh my god, are we back at Indiana Jones Last Crusade?" Yeah. Uh, well, it's got to be at that point. I mean, that's your only reference, really. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, so, uh, well, what are we at? We are we're at Petra Annihilation Squad. Well, that's when the scream comes in, and he's, she's knocking down the portal, and, and but somehow you know, they get they, into where Katana is kidnapped. And there's more walking around in this movie yeah. than the entire. Lord of the Rings trilogy plus the Hobbits. (laughs) And the Hobbits add an extra walk. The Hobbits add an extra walking just to get to three movies. (laughs) Right. 
yeah, different henchmen every time, more flipping than fighting. Well, so when, when we get to the place where Katana is kidnapped, because it's shortly after we're see, you know, we're in Petra, we're seeing like mm. hundreds of of the warriors chasing after them. Yeah. But then we get to where she's kidnapped and this and they're setting a trap for mm. Liu Kang. And the trap includes trap move, yeah. uh three fighters and one eight armed you know <laughs> villain, super yeah. super villain. And that's about it. And and while this is all happening, the, the, the two realms are collapsing into each other. Right. With, uh, visually represented as Paris is falling into the, yes. the Eiffel Tower. Actually, just the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> and uh, i tell you something that hasn't dated very well. The, the two shots in succession of the Twin Towers yeah. collapsing into the Earth. And I was willing to give this movie a break. Because it's pre nine eleven, mm-hmm. and then I thought, well, it's post nineteen ninety three when the World Trade Center was bombed, so <laughs> maybe let's just stay away from that location altogether. <laughs> What's wrong with the Statue of Liberty or the White House? Yeah. Something that is not vulnerable to terrorist attack in the same way. Um, I wrote down Brian Thompson versus Alan Rickman. Does he have a fall? Oh, are you, are you, or are you talking about his daddy looking like Alan Rickman? I don't know. Oh, maybe. Know that, maybe that's it. Um... <laughs> no. Oh, I also um, have a note, know... like, why throughout almost this entire movie, after Liu Kang has one Mortal Kombat, does he have no confidence? Uh, I guess I guess that you know the the depressing answer is you've got to reset because you've got to reset the character. I suppose again that fi- that fits into the the Lucasfilm logic of yeah. you, know, you could say the same about Luke. He's like he's blown up the Death Star, and then the next movie is just him getting his ass handed to him <laughs> right. by various people who he already <laughs> beat in the first movie. Um, so I'll I'll give him I'll give him a pass on that. All right. Well, I mean, we're kind of approaching the the end of this movie, so why don't we take one more break? Oh, okay. Are we yeah. Really? I, my, I couldn't tell from my notes. <laughs> I mean, we got the last battle to go. He's got okay. to save Katana, and then he's got to fight Brian Thompson. And then we've got 11 minutes of credits to talk about. Very good, then. All right. <laughs> we're going to take another break, everybody, and we'll be right back. I like to think I know something about beer, but nowadays even I get overwhelmed when confronted by the exhaustive selection of craft beers they have at bars, breweries, and even grocery stores. Back in the day you had one, maybe two craft beers to choose from, and if you were confused, you ordered a Guinness. But in beer stations like San Diego, the craft beer options lately are in double, sometimes even triple, digits. So what's a beer drinker to do? You need what I need, the Vegas Beer Guys. Your beer of choice should be a perfect blend of malt and hops. And so a live show about beer needs that same balance. And the Vegas Beer Guys matches beer expert Dan Aker with self-proclaimed beer novice Stephen J. Weiss. The results are eminently drinkable. They're on Facebook, they're on Instagram, 
They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpas, guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer. Once again, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Tom and I are here sussing out Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> Not doing a great job. No easy task. If this... <laughs> if this... We've been really up against yeah. it recently. We've done David Lynch movies <laughs> then Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I mean, this... I, I can't think of two, mo- two movies, <laughs> a director and a movie that are harder to unlock. If this, if this podcast sounds disjointed, that's not us. That's the movie. All right, Tom. So, as I was saying before we went to to break, hmm. uh, you know, Liu Kang has to has to save Katana, who, by the way, we okay. haven't talked about because we know Talisa Soto. We know Talisa Soto from License from to License Kill. to Kill, James Bond. Yeah, it also won't be the, t- the last time I mentioned License to Kill in this series. <laughs> <laughs> and James Bond ever. Oh no. And that one was me. I'll take responsibility for that one. 54 minutes in, everyone. James Bond rears its head. There you go. That's that's how far we are away from from the north. That's how much we've strayed yeah. talking about this film that now you are doing the James Bond right. references. It's basically a parallel <laughs> universe at this point. What do you make about that, by the way? This, I mean, I know you don't haven't seen the first movie or really played the game, but you have this, you know, sort of hero, female character. I'm qualified to answer this, clearly. And, and the first thing they do is kidnap her, throw her in a cage, and leave her there for most of the movie. Uh, she got off easy, right? That's I mean, true. That's my, that's my feeling. Yeah. But, as an actor, I mean, for sure. As an actor, for sure. Uh, yeah, and they don't, you know, and, and she's seen you know, making combat gestures. But once again, we don't actually have any contact between people shown. So I I can't tell whether she's good at it. (laughs) Right. But, but no one is, I don't think they're singling her out. No. Yeah. No. Um, but, uh, I mean, she's the act, the actor herself has recently been diagnosed with breast cancer, which is very sad. Oh no. Um, but, uh, uh, she, I mean, she's, her longevity, the longevity of her looks is, I think, yeah, unparalleled. Absolutely. She looks the same today as she did then or in License to Kill. Right. Um, she's a very compelling presence, obviously. She's a Bond girl right. and they're they're portraying off that. But That's one of the things I didn't yeah, like about this movie. To, I was a, like, oh, I'd not like... a hell of a lot to do in this movie. Right. Uh, again, why bring why bring her back? Why, why not? Why? They should have done the opposite from Johnny Cage. I was just going to say... Like, they should have recast her and then put her in a, yeah. in a literal cage um, for the movie uh, rather than killing off someone that they took the time to recast. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I said, su- well, I, I mean, I suppose you could say that she does have the, the more interesting of the subplots in the movie because of the mother-daughter mm-hmm. um kind of soap opera that's going on under the surface of this which to be fair you don't have to be following the plot to understand it's just like it's just it's, sort of it's there a, it's just a mother a classic mother and yeah. daughter 
kind of um, dynamic. But what do you do with your evil mom when you can't you you want to kill her but can't kill her because you hope she'll become good again? Hmm. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good question. Again, I think that's one of the, the questions that the editor and the director are asking each other. Yeah. How do we do this? Well, they add another flying ninja. They're asking the themselves, edit. how do we do this? And they're like, I don't know. We already filmed everything. We got to choose something from here. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, he does, you know, it's funny because so Liu Kang kind of comes in and he has to fight like three people. Yeah. To, to get her out of the cage and he gets her out of the cage mm-hmm. and saves her and now everybody's back together yeah uh, for whatever reason Raiden still cannot see Ray blast just coming straight to his chest that guy is always <laughs> being thrown through a wall yeah the, the mystical magical powerful Raiden at some point I lost track of whether he was alive or dead yeah right. I have this note. I have Raiden resurrected. Death and life seems to be in a state of flux in this franchise. And then in real time, I wrote, I think he just died again. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. So the world, the world is back. Or, I mean, sort yeah. That's kind. Of, that's what the that's what the film is telling us. As far as we know, visually, only Paris, San Francisco, New York. And this specific temple are back. Yes. Because that's all we've seen. Also, were you surprised by the end of this movie, as I was, when Jax takes his arms off, but they're sleeves? The robot arms are sleeves? I thought those were his new arms. They made such a big deal of him augmenting his body with technology. I assume that was the only explanation. But once again, you know, that that is typical of this movie. We, we we lay we lay something down as true and then we immediately walk it back. What I need to win this fight that I'm losing is to get rid of my technology and just use my well, bare arms. Well, that's his arc, sadly, isn't yeah. it, in the, in, the, in the film? Um, Doesn't he also, towards the beginning of this movie, take a blast to one of those arms that like makes you think it melted off and then it just doesn't? Yeah. Right, right, absolutely. All right. So I'm not crazy. The movie's crazy. I also the movie's crazy. I like that Khan and his dad got sucked up into some kind of Phantom Zone suitcase at one point. Right. <laughs> you mentioned Superman too. That made me think. Of, Very much. The um, Phantom Prison. The fa- yeah, the Phantom Zone. Um, again, I think this movie just pulling from anything out of. <laughs> I wrote, I wrote uh, down. I wrote down the arms are sleeves? Question mark. I also thought it was hysterical that we have gone through this entire movie for the team to come together to become a team. And then they all start fighting their individual fights. And what do they do? Yeah. Immediately start losing. (laughs) Nobody's winning their fight. There is there. Yeah, there is a point where you, where the fate of the universe is depending on people artlessly kicking the shit out of each other to mid nineties. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and you know, let's let's. But, I, but again, I will. I challenge this movie to lean into that more. <laughs> you know, we we because we. You, I don't. I don't know what you would call this. You know, a, a video game movie or a martial arts movie, but certainly in a martial arts movie, 
you know, there's no pretense that this is just going to end up being a series of fights, right? Right. And the fight, and the, the fight, the fighting is going to build until it's like you you end with the biggest fight. But this movie somehow hasn't got that memo, which is weird for a movie called Mortal Kombat. <laughs> That has apparently trained martial artists in the cast. They're just never seen connecting doing with martial arts. Limbs. Yeah. In the sense of two people, yeah, of two people actually striking each other. <laughs> so it's it's very confusing. Instead of flipping near each other. Did you did you get a sense of uh, like a, a kind of weak attempt at global warming? metaphor with the kind of merging of two realms a little bit yeah collapse of the uh, I mean, very 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 tenuous weak, but but, mm-hmm. but ever so slight was, i latched onto that at an early point mm-hmm. and, and it kind of it's kind of a through line don't follow it too close well and so then we have the the fight of uh, what's supposed to be the fight of all fights uh-huh. But turns into more of like I mean my note was holy animation fight Batman. Now yeah. that's late into the fight, but I mean it's something else. Mm-hmm. This movie really goes to eleven with that choice. Yep. Yep. Well, there you go. We got there before Kill Bill, and it made me giggle with glee. Oh, okay. because it was so silly. No, not yeah. for you. I didn't enjoy it, but yeah, good. I mean, I I liked I liked how they kept punctuating uh, the action scenes with like synthesizer keynotes. Like yes, old school, duh duh, kind of. Uh, um, I mean, it was. I I got the sense they were going for like Harryhausen stop motion, mm-hmm. people turning into dragons and snakes, but. You know, as soon as you do that in close-up and against a, a, a different background, it doesn't look good. No, of course not. So there's like a, there's like a, a good again a good ten seconds. But you don't find like, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you go, oh, yeah. Um, See, I don't do that. I go, oh, and then I go. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I pre- I appreciated it. Um. I mean, yeah. What is <laughs> the hen- the henchman sort of re- in that scene reminded me more of Devo. Than... <laughs> so there's three phases: there's Predator, Robot, Pig, Bane, Man, and Devo. Yeah. None of which, you know, is anything that scares or threatens me or anyone <laughs> at any point. Yeah. Well, needless to say, there's a lot of hullabaloo, but Liu Kang's going to win his fight. Mm Mm-hmm. Dad's... Uh, We assume we we don't see any contact. Well, right. He could just be in a room on his own, punching. Well, I think he is. <laughs> He's in a padded cell, imagining himself in a movie called Mortal Kombat Annihilation, <laughs> having been driven insane by playing the video game. And we haven't talked a lot about this, but of course, Dad's upset with uh-huh. Brian Thompson. There's a kind of Thor. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, the, the reveal of, of that Raiden is... We assume we don't know that from the first movie, that Raiden is his brother. Right. Okay. So... We should have mentioned that. We shouldn't. Well, I, I, I have questions about that. Is that from the video game? Is that from the first movie, or is it just stealing from Thor? I can't. I um, can't answer those questions. I know. I know you can't. That's why I'm not asking them. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, again, again, soap opera, right? I mean, very, that's, yeah. That's basically. It's like let's try and give this like an em- emotional uh, pull through. Don't you think it's funny though? Relations? How much emotional weight they try to jam pack in the last five minutes of this movie? Yeah. You know, after our heroes finally win their fights, after losing mm-hmm. their fights, Raiden yeah. says, "You're a family now." And my note is, why is that? Well, there you go. Why, it's, it's past why the, are they past a the family theories, now? Yeah, you're just a... They spent most of the movie separated, not working together towards one common goal. Is that is that the screenwriters telling themselves that? Because it's basically an entirely different set of actors now. <laughs> right. You're a family now. But they're not the same. A family. I said you're a family. <laughs> now sit down and have some dinner. Yeah. But uh, also, we go back to the start of the movie, except for Johnny. <laughs> Johnny Cage gets to stay dead. Johnny Cage gets to stay dead. So this, <laughs> do you, do you, so this temple, this is where does the does Mortal Kombat end with the shit going down? I don't we remember. Don't know. Well, let us know, everyone. Yeah, help us out. Um, help us. You out. know how I watched that movie? <laughs> Friend of the show. Uh, on a on a on a TV or or TV screen, I, I don't know what you mean. How how? I watched that. I watched that movie with head, friend what? of the show, and uh, twice guest Matthew Aldrich and other friends oh, okay. on a Netflix watching party where you get to like watch the movie and then type in comments to each other while you're watching it on your computer. Well, the original Mortal Kombat. Yeah. So you've seen this within the last couple of years. Yes. That, then, 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 then your lack of a memory is inexcusable. I know. <laughs> well, I probably was drinking. Yeah, and you know, it's not 1992, which is the sort of that's that's high, that's where my that's where my memory high watermark exists. Don't ask me anything from a couple years ago. How dare um, you? Well, maybe, maybe ask maybe ask Matt if he remembers anything. He'll probably remember. And he can well ask him and report report back to us. Indeed, I will. Specifically about how it ends. <laughs> yeah, like does it does it end with the beginning of this movie, or is the beginning of this movie just total wrecking right. from the start? I um, don't remember this being the end. I, I I'm okay. confident in that. Fair enough. Um, that's all I have besides credits. I say that as if I, as if as if that's not going to be a lot. A lot. I mean, this is extensive because, as I've, I've said a couple of times already, 11 minutes and 11 seconds worth of credits. Now, we're used to that in modern-day franchise cinema. Not 1997 and not for a 90-minute movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's got to be a huge chunk of the film for the for the film it is and for when it was made. Right. right. So they, they, they really, they're really padding at this point. I mean, it's very clear. Um, My first question. Okay. Well, no, I'll let you go. Oh well, no, go ahead. 
Well, because I think it's towards the end of the credits. So if you want to start at the beginning. Okay. Uh, this film is edited by Peck Pryor, which is... Um, <laughs> it's a made-up name. No, well, not just a name, but also advice on how to handle yourself in a fight if you're a chicken. <laughs> uh, we've done Ray Park. Um, yes. One of the many ways in which it feels like this movie is ramping up to The Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. I think. There's a moment in this movie where we get a Star Wars wipe to a, a mountain range, and then some bad CGI comes in, and I'm like... This is we're getting close to Phantom Menace here, right? Um, speaking of not real people, uh, <laughs> the music department um, recorded and mixed by. <laughs> I can't get through this. I can't. <laughs> this this is this film was recorded and mixed by John Wynott. <laughs> You made that up. And there's a, and there's no, and there's a guitarist on the soundtrack called Buckethead. <laughs> These are not real people. These are Mike Judge characters. Right. All this does is raise this level up for me a little bit. Um, now this this, along along with another one of the movies in this series, this is the first of two. Uh suspiciously specific disclaimers <laughs> that, that this movie has. Okay. Um, the other one being in Speed 2 Cruise Control. Uh, it, it says that no, there are no depictions of harm to sacred Thai structures. I know, yes, that was one of my notes. Which makes me think they caused harm to a Thai structure right. at some point in filming this movie. That's like coming into a room and saying, I didn't murder the parrot. You know, it's <laughs> oh, like, me? It's so specific yes. that you definitely did it. It started like out of respect to the people of Thailand. Yes. Yeah. Um also I thought what so the America and France are just fair game and so is all of Petra, one of the seven wonders of the world. <laughs> exactly. Um that's all I had but there's another one well, like that I, in Speed 2 Cruise Control to look forward to. I was wondering who Nicholas was. Just Nicholas? This movie, it said, this movie's dedicated to Nicholas. No last name. Hmm. Last name unknown Nicholas. <laughs> Just like this movie to end on a narrative of Nicholas. Right? Well, does any, do you think anyone knows? Maybe. So, we need listeners to fill us in on... You know, you know that there every are... Every question we've asked, every question that we've asked that begins with, does this happen in Mortal Kombat? <laughs> and who is Nicholas? Help us out. And which tie structure did they did, Which tie structure did they hurt? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Methinks the lady doth protest too much. Right? Um, I got... I... Oh, yeah. I, 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 actually, I have, an, I have another credit now. Oh. The fire effect on the credits is going to give someone epilepsy. Um, but then is I that in the, the credits? Hasn't... Yeah, if the there's like a fire effect on the credits, like a fire filter. Uh huh. And I was like, someone has epilepsy. This is going to trigger. I thought. I, I thought, thought you. Meant... If you've got to, I... if you've got to this point of the film, 
and not got epile- uh, not had an epileptic attack, you you probably never will. Well, I thought you meant that the movie wrote out in print. The fire effects in this movie may give you epilepsy. <laughs> no, it's 1997. We we which would be an amazing credit there. to put in yeah. at the end of your movie after people are done watching it. That would be fantastic. And again, so another suspiciously specific <laughs> right admission, right? Uh, that's that's really that's really all I had. I mean, uh, I had a lot of overall notes about this movie creates a mythology only to create a series of workarounds mm-hmm. to the mythology they create. So there's always yeah, like, absolutely. there's always a temporary there's always like a temporary pass. Right. To whatever they have established you can't do. Well it's along the same lines of <laughs> of Luke Kang's like Which I guess is what happens in video games. Maybe. I don't know if that's the reference they're making but you know it's like when you get a cheat in a video game yeah because his arc is to have to you know take control and have confidence in himself as a fighter Mm. after having won mortal Kombat, (laughs) and he has to get over his losing katana Mm. five (laughs) <laughs> He's... It would make sense if this was a trilogy where he could be built back up in the last Right, movie. exactly. But what I'm saying is they do it all in this movie. He loses Katana <laughs> yeah, they and they're like, you lost Katana. And he goes, oh Again, my God, I, I can't think... believe I lost Katana. I'm like, it seemed pretty reasonable. Like somebody just came out of the air and just took her away. Again, I'd say The Last Jedi is not too different from no, that. No, you're right. <laughs> so... Uh, maybe maybe there's more to this kind of Lucasfilm fetish that the movie and maybe has than... maybe you know maybe it's the sort of thing of the borrowing again like I was saying with Matrix maybe the Wachowskis and uh, you know maybe maybe Lucas himself maybe they all drew from Mortal Kombat Annihilation in in one way or another <laughs> maybe <laughs> if anyone has any more information on that. Yeah, by all means. I think it would have come out by now if if, if the, this was the point of inspiration. <laughs> all right. I think we would have heard about that. Anything left for you, sir? No, no, that's that's absolutely it. Was that? Did you cover your credit? I, yeah. Oh, was it the tie structures? Yeah. I'm glad that you clocked that. <laughs> that was amazing. Because it is like, if you hadn't said anything... No one would ever think about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you're suddenly if you're suddenly saying that at the end of your movie. I just love like out of respect to the people of Thailand, it's like, you know, normally we would just come in and knock all everything over and not give a fucking shit. Yeah. yeah. It says it's it's it says more it, it says more about what it's not saying yeah. than what it says. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which is to say, we totally did that. We totally, we totally <laughs> did it, yeah. But we paid them a lot of money to say we didn't do it. Yes. That's where that budget, that's how that budget got up to $30 million. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well. <laughs> repaying the, <laughs> repaying the, Thai people, the Thai government. <laughs> I 
another financial mystery solved by the Everything Secret There you podcast. go. <laughs> we speculate and we solve. Every time we speculate, we, we're right. I'd like to think we're... No every, time we, no, every time we speculate, I have to do a lot of research <laughs> yeah. to come up with the conclusion that we're sort of So right. that we can't get sued. Yeah. You want to get sued? All right. Well, are you a lover of Mortal Kombat? Do you love Mortal Kombat Annihilation? You're going to have to let us know. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Send us that email to everythingsequel at gmail.com. For Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards. When you hear us next, we'll be talking Speed 2 Cruise Control. Say goodbye to the good people, Tom. Wait a second. That tattoo, I've seen it before. And a robot and a woman, they both tried to kill me. <laughs> that's a good, you know, some, that's a good closer. Sometimes you need to revisit dialogue just to check that it's really dialogue. Right. And that some of the treatment hasn't crept into the script. <laughs> All right, everyone. Take care. What a gloriously bad movie. <laughs> Followed up by another gloriously bad gloriously movie. Gloriously bad movie. 1997. The hits keep coming. Speed 2 Cruise Control coming at you next. No breaks. <laughs> right right, right after, uh, well, not right after this. <laughs> Just the next time you hear us. Thank you.